Welcome to my podcast and thanks for listening. Well, today my traveling companion, Bev, and I are excited to tell you what we've experienced during our five days in the diverse Turkish city of Istanbul. This episode is entitled, Istanbul, It Will Ignite All Your Senses. Well, Bev, I'm not sure where to begin our discussion about Istanbul. Don't you think that in all our travels, it's probably the most unique city we've ever visited? Absolutely. We saw so much, it hurt so much, and as you say, it ignited all our senses. So today we're just going to touch the surface. So let's get the lay of the land, so to speak. Istanbul is a city of upwards of 16 million people, making it the largest European city. And as do most European cities, it has a large and chaotic history that you might want to research. It's situated in northwest Turkey and is unique in that it straddles two continents, Europe and Asia, divided by the Bosphorus Strait, which connects the Black Sea and the Sea of Marmara, and eventually the Aegean and Mediterranean seas. And it's tucked up there in the corner east of Greece and just southeast of Bulgaria. So I hope that gives a little bit of a visual of where it's located. They say that Istanbul is a meeting place of continents, of land and sea, of Byzantine and Islamic architecture, and of past and present. And over 90% of the population is Muslim, which has a large impact on the values and the ways of the city. The rate of employment for women is less than half of that for men, so you're just going to see way more men than women in any kind of retail or restaurant or service industry and even just out and about on the streets. With this kind of setting and with some 16 million visitors per year, you can imagine that Istanbul is a really interesting city with many twists and turns and dynamics and like you said, the sights and sounds and smells and energy will just ignite your senses. But it's understandable that this might make a visit a little bit daunting. So Bev, let's start with some simple tips that we learned to maybe make a visit to Istanbul a bit easier. Well, <clears throat> first of all, Deb, to, to travel to Turkey, visitors have to obtain a tourist visa. Hmm. And this is really easily done online. Just be sure that you go to the official Republic of Turkey website. There are some others that will try to take you on a roundabout way to get that visa. It's a really quick process. Once you've paid that $62 US fee, you receive your visa, in our case, in about 30 seconds. Yeah. We get it. And so then just be sure to print it out and bring it with you. Um, they are valid for 90 days from the date listed as your arrival. And when you arrive at the airport, you'll need to show your passport and e-visa, and then it's very quick to get into the country. Yeah, and speaking about the airport, what can you tell us about Istanbul International? Well, the Lisbon, the Lisbon Airport, goodness, we would say the Istanbul <laughs> Airport. Have you even got Lisbon written in your notes there? I do, yeah. <laughs> I, I um, was reverting back a year, <laughs> or a few months. The Istanbul Airport is the busiest airport in Europe and it's the seventh busiest in the world. This huge modern complex was opened in 2018. It's located approximately 45 kilometers from central Istanbul, hmm. so it's a, it's a fair distance to get in there. And 
Although there is a metro connection to the city, I think this might prove a bit daunting oh. for a newly arrived traveler. We chose to have our hotel book a driver to meet us at the airport. Finding the driver was a bit confusing, but by asking questions, that issue was resolved. And so for 50 euro, the driver took four of us and our luggage on the hour-long journey to our hotel, and we would definitely recommend this approach. Uh, I would also say on your return journey, be sure to allow extra time as traffic could slow your journey. And just a tip, if you are leaving from the Istanbul airport, you might want to eat before you go. The food prices were ridiculously high, more than I've ever seen in any airport I've been in. I'm glad you brought up the food prices because I was just waiting, thinking if she doesn't mention the food prices, <laughs> I have to do it because I think we paid about... Um, 40 some dollars for two little burgers and a bottle of water. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so for the first time traveler, Bev, who's arranging their own trip to Istanbul, what would you suggest for accommodation? Well, hotels large and small are everywhere in Istanbul, and I'm sure there are pros and cons to each area. But we chose the Sultanahmet area in the Old Town Historic Core. Uh, our hotel was a 10-minute walk away from the famous Hippodrome and the two largest mosques. It was well located with many restaurants, but it was just far enough away from the crowds of tourists that descend each day on that area. It was uh, close to the tram lines and about a 30-minute walk to the ferry terminals. Um, as I say, no matter where you stay, there will be lots of restaurants nearby. One moment of one word of caution. If you happen to be mobility challenged at all, you'll need to inquire about the streets surrounding your hotel. We had to navigate a fairly steep street with a narrow cobbled sidewalk to reach ours, and we loved it. We loved the staff at our small hotel, but just maybe ask a few questions if you're concerned about the walking in the area. Yeah, it's really funny what some people don't like about hotels, like the hotel we chose, some people didn't like the narrow little side street, and some people didn't like the calls to prayer that you hear in Istanbul, but to us that just added to the whole experience. Exactly. So Bev, what about the money and credit card currency in Istanbul? Well, Turkey uses its own currency, it's the Turkish Lira, which is abbreviated as a TL or a TRY. Um, at the current time, 100 Turkish lira are approximately $7 Canadian. Credit cards are accepted at hotels and most restaurants, although American Express may not be, so if that is your card of choice, have a Visa or a MasterCard available as a backup. However, there are times when you will need cash, so be sure to carry some Turkish lira. There are multiple ATMs available at all the major areas. It's a good idea to check before you leave whether your bank has a partner bank in Turkey because this might save you some fees when you're using those ATMs. And along with the ATM issue, we usually um, use an ATM that's directly attached to the physical bank. But in Istanbul, with so many people, it's pretty much impossible for people to all go to physical banks. So here they actually have rows of all the ATMs yes. of all the major banks, and we felt very safe using those because they were all really official and monitored. 
Yeah, and as as with anywhere in Istanbul, there's always somebody that's trying to tell you something. And <laughs> one we went to, a man was trying to direct me to another one, telling me that Mind Bank was out of money. Um, with everything else, as we'll mention later, you can just ignore these people. <laughs> <laughs> and transportation. Um, Istanbul's a really walkable city, and we just walked everywhere. But if you walk, beware. Um, the drivers are fast and aggressive, and we didn't see a stop sign anywhere. We actually joke that pedestrians and crosswalks are simply a suggestion for drivers to stop. Traffic's everywhere. It's jammed up. It's jostling for space. It's touching bumpers. It's honking horns. And beware the green walk signs. If the walk sign is blinking green, you have about two seconds. And yes. then it's like the drivers start your engines at the start of a NASCAR race and the cars are just going to be zooming into the intersection. Um, pedestrians are not. We, we never saw anyone hit by no. a car. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and the tram lines run about, oh, literally six inches to a foot from the sidewalk or so it seems. And so you really have to watch that you don't get bumped into the street with all the people there. And then, of course, you have to watch for holes or bumps or obtrusions in the sidewalks. And you can't forget the odd sleeping dog or cat as yes. well. But like Bev said, we didn't see any accidents, so no. it all works. Istanbul also has a metro tram and bus line and a ferry line that's simply considered part of their transportation loop due to the physical location. Now, here's a tip. Um, you obviously need a ticket to ride the metro or bus or ferry. And the good news is you can use the same type of ticket for any form of transportation. The Istanbul cart is a contactless card for payment, which you can top up at payment machines. And that's definitely the cheapest way to go. Or you can buy a three ticket pass. Now, having said that, I think one ride comes to about a dollar in our money. Yes. It's so easy once you have a ticket. Now, the tip pertains to the ticket machines, and we wasted literally hours trying to get our tickets. One of the issues is that you have to use cash, and we didn't find any ticket machines that use credit cards. We found one that said it did, oh, but it didn't. didn't work. <laughs> so off we go to the ATM to withdraw some Turkish lira. And then we learned that the ticket machines use only certain cash denominations no larger than 50 Turkish lira. We le then learned that the ATM machines usually dispense larger denominations unless you specifically withdraw 50 Turkish lira or less. So back we go to the ATM. Once we figured all of that out, riding the transportation loop was easy. And the good news is that multiple people can use either the Istanbul cart or the three-ride pass. You just tap the card, walk through the turnstile, hand it back over to the next person in your party, and the remaining total will show up on the little turnstile screen. So as Bev said, you really need to get some Turkish lira and in small denominations. <laughs> so with those general tips out of the way, Bev, as a first-time visitor, there are probably three or four main attractions or interests to do in Istanbul. Tell us first about the mosques, which literally stand out and will probably be number one on a visitor's list. Yes, absolutely. There are more than 3,000 mosques oh. in Istanbul. And as we were driving in with our driver on the, the first evening, it was amazing to look around and just see them everywhere. Um, 
this number doesn't seem quite so extreme when you realize the population is greater than 16 million and greater than 95% of them are of the Muslim faith. The mosques range from grand buildings on sprawling grounds to small wooden buildings just off to the side of the street. They vary in style, both externally and inside. The most common form have a central dome and may have cascading smaller domes. Most have at least one minaret, that's the tall skinny tower. These were originally used for the call to prayer five times a day. Today, the call is usually broadcast electronically, but the minarets remain symbolic of a mosque. We visited four of the major mosques, the Blue Mosque, the Aga Sophia, the New Mosque, which was built in, I forget the day now, <laughs> the 1800s, so it's not that new, yeah. and the Suleiman the Magnificent Mosque. They all varied a bit in their design and decor, but each was interesting. Um, just a few tips for your mosque visits. There's no fee to enter a mosque. They are generally open all day but they do close five times a day for the prayer times, generally for about 30 minutes. Women must cover their heads, so tucking a scarf in your bag is a good idea, but in a pinch, the hood on your jacket works as well. Everyone must remove their shoes before entering the main area. Most of the mosques have an anteroom, but in some, this may occur on the front steps. Finally, the lineup to visit the big two, the mm -hmm. Blue Mosque and Aga Sophia, can be huge. Oh. We had decided we would give them a miss until we were out on a rainy afternoon and found that the lineups were gone. So if it rains, you know where to go. Yeah. And uh, the Blue Mosque and uh, the Hagia Sophia are located uh, right along the Hippodrome or Sultanahmet Square, right? And yes. That's a really great walking area. And uh, back in the old days, it used to be for chariot races back in, I think, about the year 330 or something like that. Lovely place to walk in the evening, too, oh. and the, the tour groups have gone away and it was just beautiful with the lights and the colored fountains and those are really the postcard pictures you see those two big mosques at night i think yes the second activity is to visit a market and istanbul has some 200 markets but we're all probably most familiar with the grand bazaar and the spice markets from pictures and movies and this is another great rainy day experience especially first thing in the morning when it's less crowded these markets can be overwhelming, there's no doubt about that. The Grand Bazaar has some 61 covered streets with 4,000 shops and up to 400,000 visitors a day. And we highly recommend just strolling, looking at shop after shop of carpets, leather, clothes, glasswork, trinkets, and having a cup of traditional tea at a little cafe and especially marveling at the tea runners. Tea runners are men who carry up to 10 little glasses of hot steaming tea on a platter in one hand to the different vendors. And they literally run. They never crash or spill their tea and never seem to get lost. No. But amazing. I can guarantee you, Bed, that you will get lost. And that's part of the fun. Yes. Um, and you'll hear every possible sales pitch from men trying to sell you anything. And just smile and say, no thanks, and keep walking. And we had such a great enjoyment and a lot of laughs at the Grand Bazaar. And definitely, as Deb said, if you can go first thing in the oh. morning, we just felt like we had the place to, to ourselves. ourselves. 
the Spice Bazaar is slightly smaller and just a mecca for uh, spices, nuts, sweets, and teas. And the colors and smells of these bazaars are just amazing, and it's all a photographer's dream. So we have the third activity that, that we think most people should do is a cruise up the Bosphorus Strait between European and Asia, Istanbul. What can you tell us about that? Well, the Bosphorus is an amazing hub of boat activity, and a Bosphorus cruise is definitely a recommended activity. You'll be approached many times to book one as you walk along the waterfront. They're selling them everywhere. But we found an easy, affordable way for an independent traveler to do this on mm. their own. The public ferry travels from the Imano District Ferry Terminal to the village of Anadulo Kavagi <laughs> at the mouth of the Black Sea. For 65 Turkish lira, or about $4.50 mm-hmm. Canadian, per person, you leave at 10.35 in the morning, cruise down the strait, arriving at the village a couple of hours later. You then have about two and a half hours to have lunch at one of the fish restaurants, and believe me, they'll. <laughs> it is an experience in itself just to walk yeah. along the restaurants and listen to their sales pitches to try to get yeah. you to come in. We had one fellow follow us for... <laughs> Two blocks, and we think he was must get a commission because he was naming restaurant after yeah. restaurant, and they'll tell you their fish is the freshest, and if it's no good, you no pay, and yeah. it was just fun. But you can also, if you choose, climb to the castle ruins. Mm. And then the return trip um, back to the Istanbul Ferry Terminal gets you back about 4.30 in the afternoon. There's no commentary on the ferry, but you can check things out in most guidebooks or just enjoy the ride, taking in the sights along the shore and marveling at the busy ship traffic on the Bosphorus Water Highway. Yeah, I think that was one of our highlights, uh, watching all those different sizes of boats yeah. from little tiny fishing dinghies to huge cruise ships on the water and just so busy. And I have to add that on that um, cruise, you know me, I really like coffee and uh, because it's a public ferry, the little cafe there is so affordable, and I think uh, we bought two Americanos and a really nice package of a dozen um, digestive biscuits for, it came to $2.38 Canadian, and it was just really enjoyable. The Bosphorus Cruise is a great uh, way to relax from the bustle of Sultana Met, and, but there are a few other areas that are less chaotic. And, one great way to spend the day is to walk across the Galata Bridge to Beaujolu and on the way watch the men fishing from the bridge. There are just hundreds of them because fishing is a huge pastime here morning, day and late into the evening. The bridge is unique because if you walk along the bottom level it's lined with restaurants one after another and now we did notice that the menus all look pretty much identical so again Kind of like that little town Bev mentioned, we're just wondering if one person owns all the supposedly different restaurants. But you just might want to stop for a fish sandwich from the boat restaurants right beside the bridge. Yes. But again, take cash. You need cash. Yeah. On the other side of the bridge, you'll initially find it a little hectic and maybe overwhelming, but you can soon leave this behind. And to the left are small streets lined with hundreds of hardware sellers selling... um, nuts and bolts and anything else that we just found quite intriguing. You can take a funicular or tram to the Galata Tower, which is the most significant site in Beoglu, 
um, if you figured out how to use the ticket machines by that point. <laughs> but we actually preferred walking up the winding streets that were much quieter and lined with cafes and shops. And you could take a tour up to the top of the tower, but we chose not to do that as well. The lineup was yeah, crazy. winding. We then strolled up the Iskatal Kadesi, which is the main pedestrian shopping and entertainment street, leading up to Taksim Square, which is kind of a main square of um, eating, drinking, and uh, shopping. But the streets heading off of Iskatel are quiet and lined with quaint shops and cafes, and they're really quite pleasant to stroll around. This part of Istanbul seems much more modernized, and it's known as the New Town as it's only 2,000 years old. Oh, yes. With some large stores, banks, businesses, schools, and restaurants. There's a really affluent area along the Bosphorus Strait where cruise ships dock and the streets are lined with restaurants and high-end shops and hotels. There's a really nice walk all along the harbor. And we, again, enjoyed watching the men fishing and frying up fish on their little barbecues or making a pot of tea over an open fire or selling fish on a bun. And it gave a whole new meaning to the term small business. It was such a contrast between the affluent businesses on one side of the street and the fellow selling fish off his portable barbecue. And a second more quiet section and well worth a short 30-minute ferry ride winding through all that water traffic across the Bosphorus Strait is a visit to Katakoy on the Asian side of, Buda- of Istanbul. This area, has, yeah, this area has a more Western European atmosphere in my view and is considered authentic citizen local life in community Istanbul. There's a huge market that covers street after street lined with restaurants, cafes, and produce. And as we hunted down the statue of Kedi Tombili, which is a famous cat in Istanbul's recent history, we walked on several commercial streets and there we were really intrigued by shop after shop after shop on the first first layer, second layer, third layer of buildings of high-end designer wedding dresses. It would be... Interesting to know what their price range is. You yeah. know, maybe it'd be a great place to take a trip to shop for your wedding gown. <laughs> and sure enough, we passed a large facility where several large weddings appeared to be in progress. And I did check a little, a little bit about this, and luxury weddings are apparently a thing in Istanbul. I'll have to check out the Katakoy street art next time because there's just not enough time to do everything. On our last day, with a few hours to spare before we headed to the airport, we took the metro to the Aqueduct of Valens, which dates to the year 368, strolled through a large market with beautiful, precisely displayed vegetables where the locals shop, and then walked to the Fenner and Ballad areas along the Golden Horn, which is an inlet that divides old and new Istanbul. And those areas are simply suburbs with colorful houses and shops and cafes and far away from the throngs of people in old Sultanahmet. And many artisans live here and this apparently is now a quite uh, prime real estate area. So Bev, we just have to talk about the food in Istanbul. Always. (laughs) We were determined to eat the typical Turkish cuisine and I think we did a great job. We found a neighborhood restaurant on our first night there that we loved, and we actually returned there for three of our six dinners. We felt like family by the end of the 
the week we were there. We tried their kebabs, their grilled fish, their mm. pasta with seafood. It was mm. all excellent. We visited a Turkish restaurant where we sat on floor cushions mm. and enjoyed Turkish pancakes with various spreads on them. They were very, very good. We had a, gr a great lunch of borak sisi, which is a filo pastry stuffed oh. with cheese, spinach, or meat. And of course, baklava followed almost every meal. One night, our favorite waiters presented a testy kebab. This is a stew of meat and vegetables cooked in a clay jug and then flamed and cracked open mm. at your table. It was quite the presentation. And we can't forget the Turkish delight. This, <laughs> this gelled confectionery comes in so many flavors and mixtures and is everywhere. I think we definitely ate our share, right, Deb? <laughs> well, okay, we could say that I have my own personal dealer right close to the hotel, and um, I'll tell you that um, naturally sweetened pomegranate with pistachio rolled in rose petals was amazing. Yeah. So, Bev, what was your favorite food experience? I, I, you know, I thought about that, Deb, and I thought, well, for the show, the testy <laughs> kebab, where they were had flames leaping high into oh, yeah. the air, and and then the the trick is to try to crack the top of the jar <laughs> yeah. the jar off so that it falls into the fire and not on the floor. Um, for the atmosphere, the the Turkish restaurant where we laughed mm -hmm. at ourselves laying out on the cushions. <laughs> for the food, oh the. Here I go trying to pronounce it again. Borka mm -hmm. Sessi was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so, Bev, just a final question about Istanbul. What would you say about personal safety? Well, as Dev mentioned, Istanbul can be an overwhelming city, and many people worry that it's not safe. But we feel that by following a few measures, it, it's a wonderful, safe experience. First, don't be intimidated on your ride in from the airport. I, I know on our way in, I was starting to feel a little bit like, what have we got ourselves into? Um, you may pass through areas that you are unsure of, but rest assured, things will be fine. First, don't drink the tap water. Although it may be fine, it's best to drink bottled water and use it, bottled water for brushing your teeth, etc. Commercially bottled water is available everywhere. Um, we did bring diarrhea medication with us, <laughs> but didn't need it with our being safe. Uh, next, as again Deb mentioned, be oh so careful on the streets. Yeah. Pedestrians do not have the right of way. And keep an eye on the sidewalks. They're not always in the best repair, so you need to watch where you're walking. And the same as when you're anywhere, be aware of your belongings. Leave your valuables in the hotel safe, carrying only what you need for the day. We did not see any evidence of pickpocketing, but it can occur in any tourist mm -hmm. area in any city. So always protect your items. Deb's going to talk a little, I think, about the cats and dogs. <laughs> Just a reminder, the majority are safe, but it's yeah. best to leave petting for your furry friends at home. Yeah. And people with allergies to nuts, pistachios, mm -hmm. cats will need to be vigilant. They are most everywhere. Finally, if you are a woman traveling on your own, you may think that Istanbul might not be the place for you to go. 
Um, Deb mentioned how it's predominantly men that you will see in the shops and on the streets, but they have such respect for mm-hmm. women. It's very mm-hmm. obvious. And I think you could be, feel very safe and comfortable mm-hmm. being on your own. Yeah, I think that's a really good overview of covering all the safety aspects that we thought about. And I know I felt totally safe there. So, yes. Yeah, finally, a word about those cats. There are cats everywhere. And you'll see them on the sidewalk, in parks, in the middle of the streets, sitting on a cafe chair or table, walking into a mosque. And, and they're really just part of the Istanbul fabric. And... Um, I invite you to listen to my previous podcast or read my blog post about um, the importance of cats in Istanbul. They are part of history and, um, and do have some meaning in the faith as well. And uh, you'll learn why you can't just shoosh them away. But the good news is you'll get used to them. Mm-hmm. So that was our adventure in Istanbul. And, you know, personally, I wish that we had a few extra days to see Uh, or to explore more of the areas outside of old Sultanahmet because there really is two different worlds in Istanbul, the old and the new colliding. And Bev, how would you describe the overall experience? I I am so glad we went there. It's so different from Mm -hmm. our other European cities that we visited. Um, Maybe somewhat alike to when we went to Tangier in Mm -hmm. Morocco. Mm -hmm. Um, But... It was a great experience. It can be tiring um, because of the number of people around you. And and we picked, after we left there, and we'll tell you about that in a future <laughs> podcast, a city where we could relax and mm-hmm. regroup. But I would highly recommend to anybody yeah. to take, take the chance and visit Istanbul. Yeah. I agree. And yes, it, uh, Istanbul is tiring and sometimes overwhelming. But as I said... Our minds would never be the same if we hadn't been to Istanbul. It's truly just a world apart and a reminder that, you know, we're really just visitors in someone else's country. Exactly. And you just need to set aside your personal biases and preconceptions and just revel in the sights and sounds and smells. So thanks for again for listening, and I hope you found our podcast informative and entertaining and um, maybe encouraging to travel to Istanbul. And if you do travel there, you know, don't worry, you'll get used to those cats. You will. <laughs> yeah, so please check back in a few days, and uh, Bev and I hope to uh, give you an update on our relaxed uh, few days in Thessaloniki, Greece. Thanks, Bev. Bye-bye.